0: Welcome to the Future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged-to-earn proof-of-attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder and CEO, Natya Vester. We bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. All right, let's kick things off. Hey, Web3 world, this is Nacha Besta from AtLunum, and you are listening to The Future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases and dives into what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. So all of this is seen through the eyes and built by the minds of the fascinating guest speakers that we will be speaking to each week. A little bit about us. Adlunum is building the industry's first IDO IDEO launchpad with a proof-of-attention allocation mechanism. Our investor profiles use dynamic NFTs that allows allocation fractionalization. That's a mouthful, but it rhymes. So we are especially passionate about the future possibilities that, techni- that, that NFTs uh, and this technology around it has to offer. Now, today is a very special day because it's the first episode of this new show that we are hosting, The Future of NFTs. We'll be doing this live every Tuesday from now on, and you'll also be able to find it on your favorite podcast platform. Mine happens to be Spotify, so shout out to them. Uh, And on Thursdays, same time, you can tune into our existing show, uh, Diving Into Crypto, for a broad range of Web3 topics. So join us each week as we speak to thought leaders and change makers in this game changing industry. Now, today, really, really excited, we are going to be talking about the fusion of music and art with Jan Artson, a very special guest whose name you should memorize, because he's one of those brilliant minds you just have to follow if you want to remember why the world is a very interesting place. So I'll be opening it up to questions at the end. Uh, and at that time, you can either put in a speaker request or you can message your question to the Adlunum Twitter handle, which is Adlunum INC. All right, so let's do this. As I said, today is the day that Adlunum births its new show. And when we decided to launch the series, uh, John was the first person that came to mind. I knew I wanted to kick things off by having him on the show. So he's a humble fellow. Uh, I'm going to brag on his behalf. He graduated with high honors from the Berklee College of Music in Boston in the USA, which happens to be the largest independent college of contemporary music globally, and it's also one of the most prestigious music colleges in the world. He even introduced Lionel Richie on stage, so he's definitely had his pedigrees uh, collected. But more recently, he's been making waves in the NFT space, which is why we are having this discussion today. And if you want proof for how highly multi-talented today's guest is, get a load of this. He is the founder, musician, music producer, 3D artist, and story writer of Non-fungible albums the project we'll be talking about today so very very warm welcome to you we are super excited to have you with us today
1: Wow uh, what an introduction thank you so much Nadia. I mean how fortunate it was that we met in Istanbul in Marcus's event. Uh, yeah life is good sometimes. Thank you so much
0: Life is really good indeed, and I was just thinking about it today. I'm leaving Istanbul this week, and I'm so, so happy that we got to wrap things up by me speaking to you before I leave the country. So, yeah, really awesome synchronicities abound. So, before I hand over to you, um, I just quickly want to tell the audience why they should absolutely stay tuned for this episode of The Future of NFTs. So, as you just mentioned, we met at an event in Istanbul, in Turkey, uh, that Adlunam co-sponsored with Algorand. And yeah, just a side note, shout out to all of the crypto fans in this beautiful country. Also, shameless plug for tomorrow's uh, diving into crypto episode. We'll be speaking to a prominent Turkish KOL uh, in the crypto space, focuses uh, on the Turkey market. And it's just mind blowing to see all the references to crypto here. You know, every time I drive somewhere or walk somewhere, there's always some or other reference to crypto, which is really awesome. But speaking of this event uh, where you and I met, so I actually mentioned this on another episode that I did uh, named Communities Across Borders because I was incredibly impressed by the Web3 community in Turkey, especially the NFT crowd. Um, It was amazing to experience how at this event, you guys were all championing each other's work uh, to me instead of talking about your own work. And I mean, this is really, really beautiful support that you don't often find in many industries. And I think this used to be the case in crypto in general, but very much so still in NFTs. But the thing about you and your work, what you do, absolutely stood out for me. Uh, I was just blown away by this concept of non-fungible tokens, because I think this is what this really, what, what's, what this technology is really all about like experimenting with what is possible, bringing your creativity to life. And I think that's exactly what you've done. So I'm super, super excited to have you on the show. Um, I think what you do is quite difficult to pin down, uh, difficult to define, because it crosses the boundaries of you know, everything we tend to think about NFTs. Because we think about NFTs as existing in this sort of siloed way. Uh, There are art NFTs, there are music NFTs, even books are being made into NFTs. But what you've done is you've somehow managed to bring all of this together, pull it together into a single product, into a single product project. And I absolutely love that the kind of creative creativity that blows my mind gets my heart racing and yeah, it just makes me so freaking excited for the future. So without further ado, please make my day blow the audience's mind. We want to hear who you are, what you do. So I'm going to hand over to you again, very, very warm. Welcome, uh, Jan. So tell us about you, your background and what makes you tick.
1: (sighs) Uh, I mean, I have to thank you first for all these kinds of words you said. Uh, And uh, I have to also first say, uh, yeah, the Turkish community is uh, really tight-knit. And uh, for example, we have Rizajan Kumash in the audience. Uh, He's one of the four or five most prestigious photographers in the uh, whole NFT space, in the whole world, for example. And his support... uh, uh, Gave a huge power for us, for example, and uh, he's he is a great representation of the Turkish NFT community. Uh, and uh, yeah, I wanted to say that first before getting into your first question. Mm. So yeah, uh, I had a bachelor's degree at uh, Berkeley College of Music, studying contemporary writing and production, which is uh, mainly music production and arranging. Uh, at the same time, even though it was a uh, Production and writing major. I had a lot of uh, wonderful performance roles during my time at Berkeley, and after graduating in Boston as well. Uh, and before before Berkeley, uh, I had an industrial. I got an industrial design degree in Istanbul, actually, and that was uh, when I had uh, my foundation for 3D art, and also where I met my friends who are great creators in the NFT space, like Karyagar, Gar, uh, Doğukan and Mart. Uh, so. And you also ask me what makes me tick. Uh, I think I'm motivated to be on my way to becoming the best person who does what I do. I mean, best version of um, uh, myself you can uh, interpret it as as well. Uh, with the highest creativity and quality of execution possible. And then becoming someone with power and someone who uses his power to support a healthier a more idealistic world in this case the nft world and starting next year it's hopeful it hopefully will be both the nft world and the music world yeah
0: yeah jen That is spoken like someone with a lot of wisdom uh, accumulated over many years uh, although i've met you so you know you're not that old so wisdom seems to have come to you at a young age um i'm curious with this music background and i think what was a very prominent start of a music career, uh, how did you end up getting into NFTs? Uh, I
1: mean, um, after graduating from Berkeley and uh, staying in the U.S. for a year, I came back to uh, Istanbul, but I worked in the production, uh, I worked in the kitchen uh, for other like uh, popular music artists and But uh, that didn't uh, really make me mm, as happy as I was uh, with the things that I was doing in Boston. And after the pandemic started, I decided to move back to my hometown uh, to see things. And uh, I just just thought that I should focus on myself uh, and later start focusing on my own solo career as a solo artist. Because in Boston, I mean, at Berkeley, I was... Uh, in the lead uh, in most of the projects that I was in, but uh, it, it was late. Uh, I mean, it took a, it took, took a while in Istanbul that I realized that I missed that and I didn't do that. Uh, so yeah, the pandemic was an opportunity. So and moving back to my smaller, much smaller uh, hometown than Istanbul, uh, I saw that it would be possible for me to build a music studio here, but the process would be long, and uh, it is long. So I decided to use my time during the construction and get back to 3D modeling to support my future musical uh, identity visually. Then 3D art became a passion by itself too in this in this time. Then one day while watching a Blender tutorial, I learned about NFTs. And uh, coincidentally, while sharing this uh, with my friends, uh, Karjagar and Duigu, I learned they were interested in NFTs as well. Actually, Duigu was interested, but i think we talked about it with him first and then so we all joined uh the NFT space and we became a part of the turkish NFT community and made some really great and brilliant friends and we are still uh meeting uh great people uh and yeah whenever possible we try to help them and uh, the, the community is really healthy in so many ways
0: Yeah, it's amazing how, I mean, in 2021, NFTs really blew up globally. And so much of this was, in some sense, because of the pandemic, because people's plans and lives changed. So it's always so amazing to hear these origin stories. And I love how, you know, you have really kind of brought together not only this resilience in terms of plans changing and having to take a whole new direction, um, but also merging different passions, including friendship and it all kind of coming together. And well, the reason that we are here today is all really awesome to hear. But speaking of which, the million dollar question, question of the hour, please tell us what Non-Fungible Albums is all about.
1: Of course. (laughs) Uh, So imagine musicians and bands that have never existed in the real world because they are fictional, they are art creations. Uh, there are creations that live in our parallel universe and that parallel universe is of the 80s and the 90s so they are so different making music in a wide range of musical styles Uh, and i use my ability education experience to make their music in many genres here to make them as colorful uh, and as vibrant uh, as possible and to To add to all, they even have magazine and even radio interviews that we fabricate and produce. Uh, All of them are on our website and their production continues. Uh, Always new material comes. And we we invite everyone in our nostalgic universe with the escapism of the cassettes and CDs. And later it will also be the vinyls. Uh, and a part of our project that we love is the Album Covers Collection, which will launch right after the Cassettes and CDs start and last series uh, on September in September. And in this Album Covers Collection, leading visual artists with, uh, will be the creators, uh, and they're very different than each other. There, there are photographers, there are illustrators, 3D artists, uh, traditional uh, painters, and very... Uh, uh rich variety and the income and royalty holders uh, will be them uh, also in that collection so uh yeah their uh, wide range and diversity will further strengthen our project and uh, we will end up having a strong creator community uh, with this as well so it f- won't be my personal uh, project or my project with uh, our co-founder Atmish, but uh, we will Build and develop a uh, creator group, a creator community. I, I don't want to use this word community so much because it's these days it's overused for not always the best reasons. Uh, but I believe we do. Uh, I do use uh, I, I I do use it sincerely because yeah, uh, having a creator community in a project that was uh, initially uh, my vision. I'm proud that I uh, we are building this uh, for this reason.
0: I can, uh, listening to you again, um, I'm just reminded of why I got so excited the first time that you told me about all of this. Um, I just really am blown away by how you've managed to take a fictional world that exists in your head, that is created in your head, and, um, And to bring it to life in a way that incorporates this, you know, nostalgia that some generations have because they were there, like myself, or the younger generation, uh, the kind of retro vibes that maybe you weren't there, but you like the feels of it. Uh, So really kind of envisioning how this evolution of art that, as I said earlier, existed in silos, whether it's music or whether it's art or literature, but combining them into this project that then not only is your baby, but then this creates a community that you envision where people really become shareholders in this process. Um, Yeah, it's really, really awesome to see this kind of thing come to life. And I'm very excited to see what it leads to and what it evolves into, which leads to my next question. We all know, you know, And we all have our own opinions about what the state of NFTs are as it stands today. But what do you think are the future of NFTs and how will it evolve from the way that it is being used today uh, into the future, whether it's short, medium, long term?
1: Oh, uh, how they will be used. I mean... I mean uh, when I think about the future I think I think about uh, the problems uh, that needs to be solved first uh, and I think I'm more focused on rather than the function uh, I mean you said used uh, so rather than having a practical use of an nft I think I uh, my mind uh, sees the problems in the area of one on one art or Uh, collections that are created by uh, artists and I think uh, uh, the first problem is for example the AI has developed greatly so uh, reverse image search systems should be implemented in the NFT platforms to prevent copy minters Uh, I think that would be great and freedom is a lovely thing in the platforms but uh, verification should have multiple levels in the NFT platforms and backgrounds of the artists should be appreciated or shown by the platforms, uh, I think. Yeah, so for the future of the NFTs, um, what I hope is for the potential reasons for problems to be solved first, then we'll be able to dream of the more exciting future of the NFTs. Uh, but function, I mean, function wise, I think, uh, I haven't uh, gave a lot of thought to this uh, side of the question i believe but yeah i think uh i th- I, th- I think about the yeah, problems uh, much more and think about ways to bypass those problems or solve solve those problems uh of course i'm not running a platform but i just have uh, hopes about things related to this
0: I think this is a very level-headed approach because people in the Web3 space are often accused of, you know, this utopian thinking where everything is going to be absolutely wonderful as soon as there's mass adoption and as soon as we all kind of hold hands and sing Kumbaya and the whole world is going to be on the (laughs) the blockchain. But unfortunately, yeah, that's, (laughs) that's not how anything in the world gets done. I think that progress has always been uh, as a result of blood, sweat, and tears. And here it's no different. Um, And it's it's a fresh approach in some ways. Um, I think that a lot of people in this space, because we are the champions of this technology and this industry, we tend to be very optimistic about it and kind of glaze over all of the problems that we face right now in order to get to mass adoption. Um, So in that sense, I want to ask the next question, what do you think is hindering mass adoption of NFTs and even progress in general, apart from the the issues that you just mentioned?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, on the collector's side, a big problem is people uh, prefer to be followers, not leaders. Uh, even when they love a project or a million edition or a multi-edition uh, piece from an artist, uh, they want to see someone else buy first. And because of this, a project with a really low, I mean, on contrary, uh, because of this project with a really low level of intellect and unfortunate quality of execution can reach high volumes if the team organizes, uh, creates a scheme and uh, well and uh, make the project look successful with their fake group of collectors. And people don't question this, just join the hype train. Uh, and yeah, also people jumping on these hype trains make the NFTs uninteresting for people who are not in the NFT world yet. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, derivative projects that are created meticulously. Uh, I highly respect them, uh, but uh, there are a ton of not so high quality uh, avatar projects out there. And uh, yeah, we are living in a, uh, in the digital renaissance. Uh, I believe that too. But the level of intellect is for the majority not there. Uh, yet. And in the long run, things have to get better about uh, this, I believe.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think this whole concept of hype in the space, on the one hand, we enjoy it because it gives us those highs. Uh But unfortunately, that's also, it's like the Trojan horse, uh, where you can hide a lot of nefarious sort of intentions because you know, it's under the guise of hype and everyone's getting swooped up with it. And yeah, so um, it's a double edged sword, I think. It helps the project get along, but at the same time, it can really hide a lot of uh, sort of dark sides to a project. Um, speaking of this idea of community and fans, you know, in the music NFT space, a lot of it is at the moment based around fandom and fame. Uh, do you think that this is why music NFTs haven't sort of bloomed as much as 3D art has or CGI, illustration, photography, et cetera? Um, And I'm also curious, how would you classify a project that is as cross-sectional as non-fungible albums? I mean, it's so unlike most NFT projects. You can't pin it down and say it's this kind of NFT or that kind of NFT Because unlike so many of the projects out there, you've created this whole fictional world. You are creating music, you're creating art, you're creating radio interviews. I mean, there's just so much there. So how do you position this project uh, in this space?
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, I'll answer the first question uh, first. And thank you so much for the kind second half of the question. Uh, for musicians, I think a big disadvantage uh, is the experience of discovery. I, mean, I want to compare this with a visual artist. So it takes a second for us to decide if we want to click and view a visual, art, uh, visual after seeing a thumbnail and see it in a, with a higher resolution. But for music, not only a visual thumbnail is not a direct representation of the music, but also the time necessary to decide if you want to engage with a piece of music is much larger than a second. So uh, musician uh, is really disadvantageous in this uh, situation. And so external factors other than the music itself is too big, are too big. Uh, yeah, I believe there are other reasons that music NFTs are not at the level of uh, healthiness of visual arts NFTs, uh for example if a very famous uh rapper i mean a very a very famous rapper would sell out the editions of a track he releases uh immediately regardless of the content although uh and i i don't know how sustainable this will be in the future uh, or how much uh, they will uh, increase in value in the future i mean Meanwhile, we, of course, I mean, when I have more power, I will, of course, support uh, music NFTs. And <clears throat> I hope more independent artists get into the space. I mean, it's an opportunity, a great alternative. It's a great alternative for the extremely challenging system of the music industry for the artists. I mean, nobody can say, oh, I'm going to release my music and uh, from the royalties from Apple Music and Spotify, I'm going to live off. That's not really possible. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, with our project, we want to, to create something that can uh, one day have its own classification, uh, as you said, and different from the current model of music NFTs. And uh, when I believed that I would be creating the music, the mega-hits of our parallel universe of the 80s and 90s, the resulted results ended up being... Sounding realistic, and uh, I don't know if I made music for myself. If uh, and I would say, okay, I'm gonna make the mega hit of 2023 here, uh, let me start doing uh, creating it. I don't know if it (laughs) would really uh, uh, be an organic uh, process, but in this, um, uh, when I forget that these are music that I wrote and produced, I and collectors. Uh, and friends feel like, uh, yeah, these music hits are hits from the past that we were never released. So this is a part of the world creation side of our project. And maybe, uh, and maybe in the future, our metaverse adaptation will be so organic with many opportunities because of it. And we've just work to make our collector's dream and prediction the reality they think. I mean, and we hope also uh, our project will be a leader and a classic for the music NFTs and the whole NFT space when uh, the music NFTs bloom. And uh, alongside the uh, visual artists community that we, we will have, who will have the wh- whole uh, rights and incomes of their work, uh, we hope to have a um, music team, I mean, uh, a team of uh, musicians that are creators in our projects in the future as well. And, but uh, that will be a surprise
0: i um, intriguing and I'm looking forward to seeing more about what exactly that's going to look like. Yeah, I think, you know, it's so important what you highlighted about the plight that musicians face uh, both in the traditional music industry and even in this new world. Um, I said earlier, you know, Spotify is my favorite podcast platform or, you know, sort of music streaming platform in general. And I think it's so different uh, as a consumer of music where me it's very convenient and you know it's plug and play and I pay one subscription a month and get access to all of these tracks but the difference is that as a musician I mean if you look at the statistics in general I think musicians get only up to like 50 percent or something of the revenue of their music and I know the statistics for Spotify and platforms like this is really really shocking I mean they make very little money on these platforms even the top musicians so I think it's very important to then as you say realize that for a musician entering into the space um it's not as if you know the headlines say oh music nfts are going to be the next best thing but also understanding like like those processing differences you mentioned between a visual artist where as a consumer i look at it and in one second decide if i like it but it takes a lot more time and energy investment from me as a listener if i listen to a music class um so yeah, it's a, it sounds like there's you know, musicians have their work cut out for them. Um, at the same time, I think with a project like yours that merges, you know, kind of fuses the visual and the music world, um, I think there might be an easier entry point uh, into NFTs and into Web three in the future. So you've got a lot of responsibility resting on your shoulders, but I'm sure that you know, from from the sounds of it, you are going to do a fantastic job of it. Um, I'm curious about this, uh, you know, you have this focus on the 80s and 90s and I'm a child of that. I don't know what, what decade I'm supposed to count, but I was born in the 80s. So I definitely have an affinity as well with, um, you know, these nostalgic decades, grew up with cassettes, grew up with CDs. Um, yeah, I mean, now it's all digital. So I'm very curious, we live in this highly technologically advanced world where we have streaming services. Why did you choose to set um, CDs as the face of your company? Why did you take that direction?
1: I mean, this wasn't a decided uh, strategy, but if it was a decided strategy, I think it would be the same. Uh, I mean, I love retro culture and visual arts of synthwave and vaporwave styles, and uh, the power of nostalgia is a big thing in my life sometimes a sad thing but it's a big thing <laughs> and we are living in a technologically advanced time but i believe the curiosity for the future is not as strong as the longing for the vibrant past anymore despite many advance advancements for advancements for the humanity which uh, is wonderful of course i mean uh, and progressiveness uh, in the in the world as well i mean uh But in the 80s, I think clearly many wondered what the 2010s would be like. Uh, I mean, Back to the Future was from the 80s and they really wondered how 2015 would be like. Uh, But right now, I think many uh, are mostly scared of what the 2050s would be like and more than being curious about it. and additionally, yeah, cassettes, CDs, and later vinyls add to the expression to our uh, project. Like, I mean, our fictional record labels all being named after Crypto coins, BTC Music, ETH Records, Soul Record Company. I mean, cassettes and CDs, their graphic designs allow that, allow us to uh, organically implement uh, these two. So, I mean, we are kind of fusing different times as well in that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but mostly I think the passion of uh, nostalgia uh, led, led me to make this decision uh, consciously and, up, and subconsciously, I believe.
0: Yeah, it makes me think of this you know, cognitive bias that we have, this rosy retrospection where the future is always this big, scary unknown and the past is always this familiar place. But I think the difference is those decades things were very much um, expected to continue in a certain way. I remember when I was a child in the, you know, well, not really in the eighties, but in the nineties, you knew what was going to happen next. You know, you had this sort of very clear idea of what the future was going to hold. And in the 2000s, things just absolutely exploded. And now the new generations are very comfortable with being uncomfortable in a way that, yeah, for sure, you know, earlier generations um, had to learn. Uh, So very, very interesting to kind of blend these worlds, the cutting edge tech of Web3 with this retro nostalgia. Um, Yeah, absolutely loving it, as I'm sure all the listeners know by now. I'm completely in love with what you guys are doing. So on that note, because I'm a bit of a fangirl, I have listened to all of the tracks that I was able to on Spotify. Uh, And I'm very curious because, you know, I could hear the title tracks of the albums in the videos and the cassette CDs on music platforms like Spotify. But what about all the other tracks in the album? Uh, For example, on Christina Jameson's album, you have a title track. uh, I think it's Keeping Me Up. Uh, but there are also other track names that are shown. Um, taking a walk. Uh, what is the other one? Seems like it. I think. Uh, will we ever hear these tracks instead of just seeing it visually? What What are in the works?
1: I mean, uh, so the plan about this has naturally developed, and uh, we will announce it after the announce it after the launch of the vinyls. The title tracks of the albums are practically the three uh, special editions of uh, the music, I mean, the title tracks music, and uh, the three editions being the cassette, the CD, and the vinyl. Uh, and there are 15 albums, thus uh, 15 title tracks. And all the other tracks in the albums are uh, uh, nine, nine tracks. Uh, there are 10 tracks in all the albums, and nine tracks are not tracks. So there are many music NFTs to release from the world of non-pungible albums uh, that are not title tracks. I mean, uh, multiply 15 and 9, I think it is uh, 10, uh, 10 times 15, 135 music NFTs uh, there can be. And we'll take this as an opportunity to build a greater community of musicians that I kind of mentioned before, and it, I said it was going to be a surprise, but since you asked the question... Yeah, uh, so there are 135 music NFTs that are hidden in the world in our uh, in the world of non-fungible albums and we are doing this uh creator community with visual artists in the album covers and we hope to uh, do that with musicians as well. Uh and they will uh have at least 95% of the uh income and royalties just like The visual artists in of the album cover covers and these NFTs, these NFTs uh, would be more traditional music NFTs and would be five to uh, five or ten editions, and uh, because we have to keep the original collections, which are cassettes, CDs, and vinyls, being a tad more special, Uh, and yeah, we are developing a system, and in the system, when a new collection launches, the old collections don't become old news, but their value increases uh how much is paid to them and uh, every collection uh, complements each other
0: wow really exciting things up ahead um yeah i think this is going to be a very fun and also very collaborative journey uh which is i think is exactly what nfts uh, and this nft space is all about uh so doing serious things, but in a fun and enjoyable way and taking a whole lot of people with you for the ride, whether it's people that are already in the space or whether it's onboarding new people into the space. Um, But yeah, it's a fun fun place to be. So final question from me before I open it up to the audience for questions. You had your second series public sale on July 3rd. So what is next in store for non-fungible albums?
1: Uh, so non cassettes and non CDs will have their third and final series in early September so 15 albums will be complete with, with 15 cassettes and 15 CDs uh, then the album covers uh, of these 15, 15 albums will launch again as one-on-one uh, one editions uh, so far the artists the visual artists that we've announced are Dolce Pagan Doruk Seyman uh, Kutai Can and uh, Andre Vieira uh, and we'll announce 11 other amazing artists, prestigious visual artists in the NFT space. And after the album covers, uh, it will be non-fungible vinyls and they will be the vinyls of the 15 albums, again as one-on-one editions. And then uh, there's a game about collecting vinyls. Uh, If a holder has bought the cassette and CD of an album before the announcement announced snapshot date, they will get the vinyl uh, of the album uh, via airdrop. So... Uh, and the other vinyls will be up for sale uh so yeah we are not seeking every opportunity to i mean have more income but uh we are seeking opportunities to for our collectors to connect more uh, with the project and uh, have more fun so uh yeah maybe we would uh, i mean the vinyl will be uh, z- 0.4 uh, each each uh and i would encourage Uh, if if the cassette and CD holder of the album are friends, I would encourage them to keep, uh, before the snapshot, I would encourage them to keep uh, the cassette and CD in one of their uh, wallets so they will be able to share the vinyl uh, together but not uh, buy in the public sale. So, I mean, these kind of little things uh, helps the project to become a classic one day. I mean, if you seek every opportunity to, to get a little more income, uh, I don't think uh, I mean, things will be really legendary in the uh, long run. So I, I try to uh, have that kind of a mindset. And after the vine- vinyls launch, yeah, the trio of cassettes, CD, and vinyl of the uh, title tracks, music, NFTs would be complete. And we have a PFP project uh, after that. Uh, I think because, I mean, we are running a boutique project, we are not earning a ton of money. Uh, so I think to show what we will do with the power that we'll have uh, making a PFP project a thousand piece, not a ten thousand piece, but a thousand piece PFP project after the vinyls uh, would make sense and uh, that would be for our, that would be our chance to give back to the community in a uh, really clear, powerful way uh, I think and other surprise collections uh, would release, uh, some of them would be gifts uh, to our holders and one of our priorities is every t- every collection from the project adding value to each other, not uh, a new uh, collection. When a new collection releases, a collection not being, I mean, old, uh, but more special. So uh, this kind of doesn't always happen uh, when a project or an artist releases multiple collections. Uh, but I think th- the system that we are uh, building allows this uh, naturally, I believe.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, John. It's Thank been an so absolute much. pleasure listening to your, to your journey and your insights. Uh, I'm going to open it up to the audience now. So if you have any questions for John, uh, you can go ahead and request to speak, or you can also direct message the Adlunum Twitter handle at Adlunum at, at uh, INC uh, and send them your questions. So I'm going to give it A few seconds so we can quickly check the incoming questions. All right, so we have a question. How far back do you think music should go to be enjoyed in an NFT form? Sorry, there's more. Should it be 50s music, 40s music? How far back would people of today still enjoy listening to music from previous eras?
1: I think that's a wonderful question. I mean, uh, there must be people, I mean, exclusively listening the music of 20s and 30s too as well. uh, But I think, I mean, if we say, I mean, majority, 80% of the people, I think mid-70s would be uh, mid-70s or, yeah, early 70s would be... I mean, I think I, I'll answer this question this way. Uh, a TV show uses music in, uh, in the scenes in for to support the emotions uh, of that particular scene, for example. Uh, yeah, and they have to not really get so much attention, but uh, be cur- current in uh, complementing the... Emotion that wants to be conveyed uh, uh, in that particular scene, and I think, yeah, that's why I thought about mid seventies. Uh, th- that's the that's the beginning era of um, uh, majority of the public, really uh, still finding, feeling in a popular seventies, uh, I think.
0: Awesome. And then we have one more question. What advice do you have for a new musician trying to get? I mean, a music. I know. Sorry, I'm reading the question wrong. So, what advice do you have for a musician who's new to NFTs, wanting to break into the space?
1: Okay. Uh, I think definitely uh, because of the, the, the discovery difficulty, discovery challenges of musicians uh, in the NFT space or Instagram. Uh, you have to make uh, people click first, and they have to they see something and then click. So visually, uh, things have to look really interesting and neat and they, uh, whatever visual content that you are using has to represent uh, the audio content, the music that you are doing. So uh, yeah, care about the visual arts aspect uh, just as much as the music. Uh, because you have to make people click uh, on what you are presenting first. And then they're invited to join your world. And then your communication uh, would start, your connection would start with them.
0: And thank you so much for sharing your time, your experience, and your expertise with us today. Uh, and, of course, for your valuable contributions to the NFT space. Uh, we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on what's next for you and for non-fungible albums and definitely look forward to what's to come. And uh, yeah, audience, that is all the time we have today. If you'd learn more, if you'd like to learn more about what John is doing, follow him and the project on Twitter. Uh, all of the links will be available on the podcast show notes. Uh, so look out for the release of that tomorrow. And uh, yeah, on that note, thank you for checking in. Uh, first historical episode very very happy to have had such an amazing guest speaker on i hope that you find this episode insightful and you are walking away with a new aha moment or two i definitely am look forward to seeing you next week for another episode of the future of nfts brought to you by adlunum cheers You've been listening to the future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with AdLunum on Twitter at AdLunum Inc. Or our website, AdLunum.cc.